welcome to the Election Ride Home for Monday, July 29th, 2019. I'm your host, Chris Higgins. Today, Harris unveils her flavor of Medicare for All, what you need to know to stream the debates tomorrow and Wednesday, more about that CNN climate town hall, Sanders and Warren lead the pack in number of donations, and debate bingo is here and I am still bugging you about it. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. This morning, Senator Kamala Harris released her new health care plan in a Medium post titled My Plan for Medicare for All. Reading from under the heading How We Get to Medicare for All, quote, Medicare works. It's popular. Seniors transition into it every day, and people keep their doctors and get care at a lower cost. Let's not lose sight that we have a Medicare system that's already working. Now, let's expand it to all Americans and give everyone access to comprehensive health care. Medicare for All will cover all medically necessary services, including emergency room visits, doctor visits, vision, dental, hearing aids, mental health, and substance use disorder treatment and comprehensive reproductive health care services. It will also allow the Secretary of Health and Human Services to negotiate for lower prescription drug prices. End quote. Okay, so at first glance, this sounds very much like Harris is proposing that we do the Sanders bill, which is called Medicare for All. And that's what, at least until today, we have meant when we said Medicare for all. But, in fact, Harris is proposing something rather different here, but not giving it a new name. And that is going to be confusing. So I'm going to propose, at least for now, that we call it Harris Medicare for all to distinguish it from Sanders Medicare for all. Cool? Okay. Under Harris Medicare for All, Americans will have the option to buy into Medicare as a public option under Obamacare. Yes, you heard that right. This plan starts as a public option, and completely unlike the Sanders Medicare for All plan, Harris explicitly starts off by keeping private insurance around. That's likely to poll super well. Last week, we talked about how popular a public option is among the entire electorate and how extremely popular it is among Democrats. Now, Medicare for All is also popular, but not that popular. All right, so Harris starts with a public option. Then she proposes a 10-year period over which Medicare begins to take over all American health care. For instance, she suggests that newborn children are enrolled in Medicare automatically and that the uninsured today get the same plan too. This 10-year period is designed to give doctors and patients alike the time to get on board with the plan. This is a distinct contrast with the Sanders approach, which gives just four years for everybody to move on over. Harris says that this longer window, quote, will also lower the overall cost of the program, end quote. Then Harris gets at a massive difference versus the Sanders approach, in which she says, let's allow private health insurers to stick around and keep offering plans. However, they must meet Medicare standards. She is essentially talking about something called Medicare Advantage, which today is an option that allows for seniors to buy into private insurance plans while on Medicare. Reading from the Harris plan, quote, In setting up this plan, we will allow private insurers to offer Medicare plans as a part of this system that adhere to strict Medicare requirements on costs and benefits. This would function similar to how private Medicare plans work today, which cover about a third of Medicare seniors and operate within the Medicare system. Medicare will set the rules of the road for those plans, including price and quality, and private insurance companies will play by those rules, not the other way around. 
This preserves the options that seniors have today and expands options to all Americans while also telling insurance companies they don't get to run the show. End quote. Then Harris goes on to promise strict enforcement of consumer protection standards for those plans and also explicitly tells us why exactly private health insurance companies would bother to stick around at all under this new system. Quote, People will also be able to purchase supplemental insurance covering services not included in Medicare, such as medical insurance for traveling abroad or cosmetic surgery. End quote. That's pretty similar to what Sanders proposed in terms of the cosmetic surgery thing, but does seem to leave the door open a little bit wider in terms of what Medicare does or does not cover. It's clear that Harris is trying to throw a bone to the health insurance industry by saying essentially, yeah, there are ways for you to remain in business here, though we will regulate the heck out of you. Oh yeah, and she keeps the out-of-pocket expenses that current Medicare patients pay, unlike the Sanders plan. Now that definitely makes it cheaper for the government, and more on that whole cost thing in a minute. Harris's flavor of Medicare for All starts out looking a whole lot like a public option for Obamacare, with this long, slow transition to a true Medicare for All system. But it preserves the private health insurance market along the way. Now, some pundits are already seeing this as having your cake and eating it too, but to be honest, I think the better way to understand this plan is to say, look, not enough people have cake right now, and as a federal system, we can't make the cake fast enough without blowing up the kitchen. So how about we expand some access to cake immediately, and then slowly transition into a single cake maker model, with private bakeries still in the mix if they follow our recipe? Now, I know that is a tortured metaphor, but I also think it's a policy that appeals to a huge chunk of the middle left, as well as true centrists and some people who lean right. In other words, this, like the Biden plan, is likely a winning policy in a general election and is slightly to the left of Biden, so it's kind of a compromise to reach out to the folks who are currently aligned with Sanders and Warren on this issue. Okay, so how much will this cost and how will Harris pay for it? Well, I was going to read you the 500 words that Harris wrote about that, but, you know, you can go read that if you want. The basic deal is Harris pays for it the same way that Sanders does, which is mostly by imposing a 4% healthcare tax on households. But, and this is a big, big but, she exempts every household making under $100,000, whereas Sanders exempts only households making under $29,000. Meaning, if your household makes under $100K, you're not paying that tax. To make up for that difference, you are still paying copays, just like Medicare patients today, and she adopts a Wall Street transaction tax that we've discussed several times before on this show. That tax would affect people who make stock trades, plus banks, and other financial institutions. So, that's the deal. Medicare for all, but on a 10-year timescale, with a different middle-class tax structure to pay for it, and we keep private insurance around... kind of. The Election Ride Home is sponsored by a terrific podcast called The Meb Faber Show. The Wall Street Journal named it one of the top five investing podcasts you should not miss. If you're looking to learn from the brightest minds in finance or you just want to know more about investing in a casual, fun interview format, this show is a must listen. The show is hosted by Meb Faber, who is CEO of Cambria Investments and an award-winning ETF manager. The goal of his show is to help you grow and preserve your wealth by giving you new investing insights and ideas. So check out The Meb Faber Show wherever 
wherever you enjoy your podcast. That's Meb, M-E-B, Faber, F-A-B-E-R. You don't want to miss it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Next up, here's what you need to know about streaming the debates this week. Don't worry, we're keeping it short. So, they will air tomorrow, that's Tuesday, and the next day, which is Wednesday. Those are July 30th and 31st. They happen from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, which for international listeners is actually zero hours UTC to 0200 UTC on the next day. So sorry about that, European friends. Maybe watch this after you wake up. The debates are hosted by CNN, and the moderators are Dana Bash, Don Lemon, and Jake Tapper. The format is fairly similar to the June debates with 60-second responses and 30-second follow-ups. CNN claims it will actually reduce time if candidates abuse the rules, and there will be no yes or no or show of hands style questions. Okay, I do need to clear up some wrong info I gave you all last week. This is my mistake, and it came from a misunderstanding of the DNC rules. So, here it is. These debates, at least as far as CNN is telling us today, will not be on YouTube. Not Facebook, not Twitter, not any of that stuff. What you have to do is either go to CNN.com, where you can watch for free without a login, at least during the actual live debates, or you can download the CNN or CNN Go apps, which are available for pretty much all the smart TVs, the Chromecasts, the Rokus, the phones, the tablets, and everything. Those are normally login only, but apparently will turn free for the two debate nights. Now, I hope nothing goes wrong with that, and maybe make sure you update all your apps and stuff in advance just in case. Now, if you happen to have a subscription to DirecTV Now, or Hulu with Live TV, or PlayStation View, or Sling TV, or YouTube TV, you can just tune into CNN on those because that's a channel you're already paying for. Same thing if you have regular old cable TV. CNN is typically in the basic cable bundle, so you just turn on CNN or use the app and log in with your cable provider's info. But the key point is, at least as of today, and I think this is going to actually hold up through tomorrow, CNN is saying you do need to get their apps rather than using the popular social streaming sites. So that's annoying, but get ready for it now because you don't want to be fiddling around with installing or updating some random CNN app on Tuesday night. Links are in the show notes to the CNN page with the details, plus a much more helpful Roku blog page about how to stream live and which apps do what. On Friday, I mentioned that CNN was holding a Democratic presidential town hall on the issue of climate change, but that I hadn't seen any details yet. Well, I have seen them now, and here is the rundown. It will be held on September 4th, which is a Wednesday, in New York City, and it will, of course, be televised on CNN. So here is the controversial part. Unlike the MSNBC event I talked about on Friday, CNN is only inviting candidates in the Democratic primary who meet the same polling criteria that the DNC requires for the September debates. What that means is the only candidates invited will have to reach 2% in each of four polls sanctioned by the DNC by August 28th. 
They will not require a fundraising threshold, which is good, but still, my notes right now indicate that this polling thing means we will see Biden, Booker, Buttigieg, Harris, Klobuchar, O'Rourke, Sanders, and Warren. Now, there could be more if they get better polling, but that's it right now. That's eight. What's sort of ironic slash sad about all of this is that Governor Jay Inslee, who started this whole thing, does not meet that polling threshold right now. And neither does former hedge fund manager Tom Steyer, who is running with a significant climate platform as well. Like the rest of the field, both candidates have just under one month to pick up those polls. Looking at a Politico roundup of current polls, Inslee has zero qualifying polls. So he's going to need to pick up four in approximately one month. Steyer currently has two qualifying polls, so he'll just need two more. But it is entirely possible that the single issue candidate focused on climate change, Jay Inslee, will not be in CNN's climate forum. Yikes. Way back on April 12th, Senator Bernie Sanders picked up his one millionth campaign donation of this cycle. Now, that doesn't mean one million donors. It means one million donations because each donor can, and often does, chip in many times. Now, I didn't see that news back then, so I didn't report on it, and that Sanders announcement came in a brief tweet, which is linked in the show notes. Now, it did include a short video, but that video didn't have any sound, so you don't get to listen to that. Anyway, imagine my surprise when on Friday, both Axios and the New York Times ran detailed stories about how Senator Elizabeth Warren has just reached one million donations and announced it with a tweet on July 26th. Uh, So for those counting along at home, that's about three and a half months after Sanders did the same thing. Okay, so here's audio from the Warren tweet in which she makes a cell phone call to the person who made the one millionth contribution to her campaign, identified only as Caitlin. Now, I've removed the part here when Warren's first call doesn't go through and just go to the working call. So listen in. Hello. Hello, Caitlin? Yes. It's Elizabeth Warren. Hey, how are you, Elizabeth Warren? Well, I I am particularly good because I'm calling you because you made the millionth contribution to my campaign. Are you serious? I am absolutely serious. Wow. And I'm calling to say a double woohoo thank you. Well, thank, yeah, thank you for all that you're doing. I super appreciate it. And I hope it keeps going well. I'm rooting for you and sharing um, about your um, your work and everything. So that's awesome. Oh, for calling me. no, I just want you to know, because this is how we're going to do it, Caitlin. Okay. You know, it's, it's about how we're going to win in 2020, how we're going to start making real change come January 2021. And it's going to be about a movement, and you're a part of this. And I wanted you to know I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, I'll be out knocking doors for you. Great. So, Great. You. I love it. I love it. So I just got to ask you real quick. So sure. so what's your big issue? What's the one that pulls you in? Those things are close to my heart. 
And these are all the things we got to work on. And, you know, they fundamentally come back to this real question about who we're going to make this government work for. And all of these fit together. We're going to make this government work, not just for the wealthy and the well-connected. We're going to make this government work for all of us. And I think we can do that. Awesome. I love that hope. That's great. I do, too. I do, too. So thank you, Caitlin. Thank you. I'll talk to you again at 2 million. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Fabulous. Now, in the New York Times story, it is noted that, oh, by the way, Sanders actually crossed 2 million donations on July 11th. So, you know, great job for both candidates. And by the way, they are the only two candidates in this Democratic primary field to reach the 1 million donation milestone so far. But I do think it's a little weird that the headline was about Warren reaching this milestone without an accompanying story that one of her competitors had already beat it by double two weeks before. Well, anyway, that happened. Let's move on. And last up today, another reminder about Election Ride Home Debate Bingo. Now, this is a free, fun way to play along at home while watching the debates. We have 10 bingo cards for each night. The link to download them is at the very top of the show notes. Again, if you're listening to this on something that doesn't have show notes, just hop on over to ridehome.info slash bingo. Did I mention that the bingo cards are free? They're still free. There are no prizes, but hey, it's fun and like mildly educational, right? Now, I will remind you about this debate bingo thing one more time tomorrow when that show comes out, but let's face it, you're probably already be sitting down in front of your TV by about that time anyway. But here's the important thing for today. Do not forget to print and print single-sided or else half your cards will be unusable because they'll be on the underside of a card that you are currently playing. Okay, go get them, enjoy them, and print them at work or at school because, hey, there's probably not technically a rule against that, right? I mean, they probably owe you some, like, paper and ink and whatever. Just don't tell the boss. One last thing today. Now, I was going to do a whole big segment on what to expect at the debates, like in terms of content and issues. But then I realized, you know, if you're listening to this show and you've listened at all, you already know what you're in for. The only thing I want to add here is there will be a bunch of people on those stages who see this quite correctly as their last shot at national media attention. So yeah, we're going to hear about healthcare policy and everyone's going to try and dunk on Joe Biden and all that normal business. But there are at least eight candidates who have very little to lose in these debates. This is their last shot and they are going to go cuckoo bananas in an attempt to make some kind of giant media splash the next day because they have no incentive not to. This is their last rodeo and they are going to rope some stuff. So if you thought the last ones were a food fight, I guess, like, roll out a tarp in front of your TV because this is gonna get messy. Well, that is it for one more episode of The Election Ride Home. I have been your host, Chris Higgins. You can always find me on Twitter, at Chris Higgins. Okay, so for all the folks who are now following me on Instagram, I hear ya. I'm now posting more Yarden pictures. I went out yesterday to grab some with my real camera while we had some nice weather. We're in this, like, transition period where a lot of spring flowers are on the way out, but there's always something in the Yarden, so stay tuned. That Instagram account is at Instablah if you're curious, and if you scroll back, you will see plenty of photos of Mr. Spock, who is the best cat in the world. As always, thanks for listening, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. 